Hey everyone, welcome back to the official Yellowstone podcast. We are so glad you can join us again. I'm Jen Landon, and I am joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. Jefferson White. Hey Jen, how you doing? I am happy, as always, to be here with you today, but also especially today. So this is typically where we tell, you know, we tell the audience a little bit about what we've got planned for the day. We perhaps let them know who our guest of the day is. However, this week just so happens to be a very special week. Valentine's Day is this week. So I thought I might put together a little something special. Me and the producers have put together a little something special. And we're going to be surprising you with our guest, Jen. So like our audience, you're also going to have to sit tight for just a little bit longer. Jeff, this makes me incredibly nervous. This could be very, very good or very, very awkward. I, I'm guessing it's going to be a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, Jen. <laughs> Listen, you're going to find out soon, but for now, you're going to have to sit and stew and sweat, and we're going to come right back after this. CBS Friday and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Fire's coming to you! Don't miss TV's hottest show, Fire Country. This is a high-complexity rescue with a low chance of success. Follow the rules. Can you shave another day off your sentence? Critics call it explosive and pure entertainment. I'm a fella. I'm not fit to be anything else. You're not an inmate. You're a firefighter. Bring it on. Fire Country. New episode Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Jeff, that was the longest commercial break of my life. Can I, can I now know... Who my Valentine's guest is for the day. Listen, this is an audio format, so the audience can't know how <laughs> gleefully, how gleefully I'm raising my eyebrows and how sort of, you know, how much I'm insinuating by rubbing my hands together sort of fiendishly. Listen, you got to be patient, Jen. We're going to get to that. This is our Valentine's Day episode, however. So let's talk romance, huh? Yeah. Yeah, please distract me with some other romances from the Yellowstone 1923-1883 universe so I can, you know, not sit here and sweat. Well, it is funny. I mean, this is a show that is in a lot of ways really built on these relationships. You know, we, we see over and over again amongst the uh, the Dutton generations, we see these pairs, these partnerships, these two right. partners that support each other in many ways. Um, sometimes it's uh, support each other physically, you know, sometimes it's, you know, carry each other to safety. Other times it's helping each other manage responsibilities. It's a really beautiful thing. We see these uh, these really rich partnerships and it also casts in a new light the tragedy of John Dutton Jr., right. our John Dutton, you know, in Yellowstone, the John Dutton that, that we first got to know the tragedy that he has no partner. He is bereft. From the moment we meet him, he is Mm. without that partnership. And he's seeking to sort of cobble together what he's missing by calling on his children, by sort of giving more and more responsibilities to his children. But it really, over and over again, we hear him saying, if my wife only saw the mess I've made of this family, if only I had you know, the kind of support that I needed to, to keep this ranch going and also to care for these kids... Right. And so you bring up an interesting point of the sort of difference between the partnership that we're talking about in terms of the women holding down for it, which is what John lost. And the romance that like John is obviously bringing in his life through Senator Perry, through Summer, but that that 
those romances are different than the kind of partnership that the relationships in the Yellowstone universe are built on. Yeah, we've seen both on Yellowstone. We've seen hot and heavy. We've seen, you know, uh, <laughs> we've seen infatuation. Everybody's talking about Spencer and Alexandra, Spencer and Alexandra. Before Spencer and Alexandra, well, after, but before in terms of the show's airing. <laughs> what about Jimmy and Mia? <laughs> Everybody, everybody's talking about Spencer and Alexandra, like they're the coolest, hottest couple. Before Spencer and Alexandra, we had Casey and Monica, yeah. Jimmy and Mia, Beth Walker and Rip, and Laramie, Beth and Rip. And that's amazing because we've seen that that relationship grow and change over the years from one that was perhaps based on you know mutual in fashion uh mutual infatuation based on perhaps a degree of lust and now we've seen it mature into that kind of partnership that you're describing this real sort of walking side by side another one of my favorite relationships on the show is casey and monica oh, yeah. i feel like casey and monica they've been through so much you know beth and rip have been through a lots of ups and downs but if you go back and watch yellowstone again so have casey and monica they have sort of They've come really close to parting ways over and over again. They've they've been through so many roller coasters as a mm -hmm. couple. You know, they started out with completely different goals, it felt like. You know, they were young and in love. They have a kid. But then when it came down to it and they have to start making decisions about you know, where they're going to live when both of their families are putting pressure on them, they really feel like a Romeo and Juliet to me in a way that I, I think is is beautifully crafted and those are also two of my favorite actors on the show same and and while they do feel totally romeo and juliet in origin they also simultaneously have a relationship that in many ways to me feels the most grounded and you know that day in and day out relationship i don't know if we see that in another pairing do we see that in another pairing on yellowstone in that steady way? I think part way? of it is the kid, right? I think part yeah. of it is having Tate. That that brings them, that's this kind of unifying force that means they have to come back together. Right. They always sort of have to return to each other for Tate's sake. And I really think that's a, a, dry, a thing that, you know, they, they've been through so many tumultuous ups and downs. And I think Tate is one of the reasons that they've always managed to navigate those those stormy waters. Yeah, that is actually a really good point. Jeff, I suddenly was struck with this this question, which is, how do we think the different couples on Yellowstone are celebrating Valentine's Day? You know, oh. like, you, like how do they do it? So Monica and Casey, since we started there, you know, Monica, you know, Monica and Casey, I feel like are having a supper at home, or a, you know, they're sitting on the porch, it's a little quiet. Yeah. They're trying to be intimate, and Tate has a question about something. Right. What do we think Summer and John are doing? Summer and John. They're in, also similarly. They're trying to be intimate, and Beth is interrupting right. it and dragging Summer out of the room by her hair. Yeah. Listen, Jen. Speaking of what various couples are doing on Valentine's Day, folks are going to wonder what it is we're up to on Valentine's Day. I have no doubt you're wondering. Okay, Jeff. Um, I need to know who. Is the guest for the day? All right, Jen. Um, Which ex? I'm going to put you, you out of your know? misery. I've got all your ex, your all your exes on this call. No, listen, and you're gonna. 
Uh, so here's your here's your happy surprise. Over the course of this introduction, you will realize who I'm talking about because I could only be talking about one man. We've got with us today my dear friend of six years. He's an actor. He's a writer. He's a producer. He's a director. He's a businessman. He is one of the most multi-hyphenate, talented people I've ever met in my life. And least interesting about him, he plays your love interest on Yellowstone, <laughs> Colby. We've got with us today, Denim Richards. Denim, thank you for being here. Oh, man. I, I feel like I need to take you and introduce me everywhere. When I go into grocery stores, when I get the petrol, <laughs> everything. I, that's Now, that's what I need to yeah. do literally anything. It's, it's great to be here. It's great to hear you guys' voice. Uh, Jen, how are you? Jen, I'm always happy to see you, but I have to say I've never been more happy than I am right now to see you because of the terror I experienced for the last 12 minutes thinking that Jeff had brought some ex out of the closet (laughs) to talk to me on a podcast. Could you imagine if there was like a roulette? Imagine like a roulette, something that's happening like live. (laughs) <laughs> where we just pull in weird exes to tell there stories. There aren't that many. Oh. Like, don't make it roulette. There's like, there's too many. It's more dozens. like yeah. we're bringing yeah. in dozens, dozens. of Gen no. Zs. No, I'm, I'm clearly projecting at this point. This is, this is, this is all a project. This is all. A and now that we've projection. got you here, Denim, I'm so excited to bring our our surprise, surprise guest. guest. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody that's dated both, both of, of you, us. That's Wait, what? At some point, it had to happen. You know, uh, it's like I mean, that, uh, unbelievable. What's going on, guys? How's everything? How's how's everything going? I, we're good, man. We're chilling. We're spending today. We're talking about. We're diving in. So, okay. at the core of the Yellowstone universe, as we know, is family. Mm. And at the core of those families, mm. it's couples. It's relationships. We're doing our our touchy feely. Intimate Valentine's Day episode of the official mm. Yellowstone podcast. So we're talking about all the incredible couples so of Yellowstone, eighteen eighty three and nineteen twenty three. Okay, so naturally, when you were thinking super loving, super intimate, just romantic youth, every we, it screamed wholesome, Colby and, and Tia. Yes, but also we can't discount Colby and Jimmy's bromance. That's right. There's a right. you know romance right. and right. intimacy takes a lot of forms. This is true. This is true. This is true. Okay, before we get into all of that, we're gonna step aside really fast, so don't go away. CBS Friday and streaming on Paramount Plus. Cal Fire's coming to you. Don't miss TV's hottest show, Fire Country. This is a high complexity rescue with a low chance of success. Follow the rules. Can you shave another day off your sentence? Critics call it explosive and pure entertainment. I'm a fella. I'm not fit to be anything else. You're not an inmate. You're a firefighter. Bring it on. Fire Country. New episode Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. So listen, this season to Yellowstone particularly, in season five of Yellowstone... We've got more relationships popping off in the workplace than ever before. Everybody yeah. on the show is booed up at this point. Yeah. We've got Teeter and Colby. We've got Ryan and Abby. We've got Walker and Laramie. That's just in the bunkhouse. Oh, my gosh. It's we true. we got Jake and Ethan. Yeah. Jake, Jake yeah, and Ethan. Say, and that, to me, was is like the couple that everybody is kind of trying to get to be like. Right? Yeah. Exactly. That all, level of That level yeah. of intimacy. <laughs> We're all striving for that. I think like Lloyd and his gun, 
Lloyd. Right, the same way. It's like, yeah. Lloyd, he's like, I got my gun, you know. Oh, Lloyd and um, the life, the cowboy life. You know, it's like fishermen are married to the sea. Lloyd is married, he's, you know, married to, to the, the saddle. Dirt. He's married the to the saddle, saddle. Yeah, right? Is. Like, I think, no, this is, I think it's fascinating, right? Like, um, watching kind of all of these things, you know, it seemed like season one, it seemed like you would never be able to have relationships. And, you know, the way that it's just kind of been woven in, uh, in a very kind of organic way, it doesn't, none of it feels forced. Uh, but I do think it's going to be fascinating because, you know, no, uh, us as individuals, we don't want our hearts broken. And, and then when you play that, you know, cause we talk about this all the time that like, you know, if a character leaves or if there's a split up, that person actually leaves. Yeah. Right. So like we as individuals, we feel even what the characters are feeling because you're like, damn, this person's gone. And I think uh, hopefully these couples will stay strong and vibrant for many, many seasons to come. I mean, speaking of romance and the Duttons, right? So all of these, all of these Dutton kids at this point have these relationships. And this season, we also saw Jamie. Jamie right. developed this beautiful relationship, this amazing thing for Jamie. But I think the whole time we were all kind of grimacing and gritting our teeth with fear because this mm. is uh you know it's the other it's the flip side of this it's right. intimacy as a weapon right you know right the shoes on the other foot you know and i think that's you know that's the sometimes i think that's hard you know you don't never know if you're being used uh what that looks like you know you get comfortable and then they cut your head off you know and i think that that's something with jamie i think that that's something he could could potentially be experiencing uh, which is why more and more as these relationships go, I feel more and more confident about the Colby and Teeters relationship <laughs> because as, as weird as it is, the foundations of it are very unique and genuine. Uh, and I think that's, it's fascinating because it seems like our relationship is kind of like a cockroach, right? Where it's, it's just no matter what you throw at it, we're still going to just kind of weirdly be together. <laughs> uh, Denim, do you think that Colby and Teeter had a conversation about like consent in terms of bringing the third into their relationship, which is the bear? Do you think that like they talked about consciously bringing in a third or do you think that was just sort of spur of the moment? Yeah, I think that in the moment, Colby felt like there was a lot of people that were around and he didn't want to make like a scene. And then I think what just kind of naturally ended up happening was the bear just became part of it. It's there at breakfast, right? It's bathing. And it's weird, you know, but I think, you know, for Colby, I think Teeter loves it. And I think Colby is learning to love whatever Teeter loves. Um mm. From afar, though, right? More. I don't, I don't know. I think that bear. Involved. I didn't see that bear on that truck when she drove out of there. So I'm pretty sure that bear yeah, is back in that bunkhouse with you, like buddy. A, it's like a. It's like a. It's like a. It's weird. It's like an Easter egg. Like nobody ever said, like, "Hey, when he went back into the, we didn't see the bear in the bunkhouse. Where is the bear in the truck? Like, where is is the bear walking there? Like." I think that means Colby still has the bear, dude. I think that means Colby held on to the bear. Dan, before I uh, d uh, lowered the conversation bar by bringing the bear and the thruple into it, um, you were actually hitting on like an interesting point you both were, which is about relationships that, you know, are maybe don't, they're not right for everyone, but they're really right for that person. So, for example, mm. like, Jeff, I was thinking about, of course, you know, there's this whole Mia and Emily thing, right? And I felt like what, what Jimmy had with Mia 
was so special, right? But it was one of those times in life where what they wanted and the circumstances of life were taking them in different directions. I think at the end of the day, Jimmy and Mia really didn't have a chance because Jimmy was ordered by his boss to leave this state. You know, like it's long distance relationships are incredibly difficult, punishingly difficult. Jimmy doesn't really, he didn't have much control over his own fate. Mia certainly doesn't have a lot of control over Jimmy's fate. So it feels like circumstances pulled them apart. And then meeting Emily, it felt like that was the first time in his life that he actually had, he got to make some decisions. He got to make some choices. He got to sort of, you know, be in the the driver's seat and have some agency in his life, which I think is very empowering. I think that's a a very empowering feeling to feel as though you're making your own choices. Because Mia pursued Jimmy from the beginning of their relationship. You know, Jimmy didn't make a lot of choices there either. I think he was really into it, but she kind of came up to him at a rodeo and hit on him. You know, it, she really was was making the calls, which is intoxicating in its own way. But I think for Jimmy to actually get any sense of control, any sense of agency in his own life, it makes a lot of sense to me that that is a powerful, uh, a powerful factor in driving people together, you know? And I think it's interesting too, like speaking on that, like, you know, I think with Mia, it also became a good break between kind of the rough and tumbleness of the bunkhouse, but just giving a little bit of different energy, somebody that's trying to let you see that you can be empowered, but because of your circumstance that you're in, you, it's impossible to act on that. And then of course, when you get to Texas, you're in an entirely different environment where you have the opportunity to a certain degree to become a little bit more empowered independently. And now you can kind of start to see what Mia saw in you before you saw it, but now the circumstances are different. I think Jen, what you were saying that sometimes the person that you end up ultimately ending up with in life is not necessarily the person that you fell so deeply in love with and imagined, but it was somebody that in these circumstances, and you learn that type of love, but there's so many different versions of love, right? right. And I think that we always just think that love is just a blanket thing, like love is love, and there's so many different versions. There's loving in a situation, in a circumstance, depending on your social and economic standings. Like it's so, I think it's so multi-layered and leveled and very complicated and I think what, what's interesting about this show, and I think it's interesting in general, is like art does imitate life, right? And so for us as, as individuals, we've all been in love with somebody that we thought that, you know, we can never imagine a life without them. And so naturally we thought we're good. And then something happens and then all of a sudden that person's gone and you're like, okay, well now what? And then you go and you fall in love with somebody else and you're like, okay, damn. And so it's this notion that it's like, yes, you can be in love but that doesn't mean that if something goes wrong that you can't be in love with somebody else and love some a different version because as we're growing, we're getting older and we have different versions of ourselves. Yeah, there's very much a like right person, wrong time, yeah. wrong person, right time. And a relationship we've seen go through that whole spectrum is Beth and Rip. Yep. We've seen Beth and Rip at a time when they couldn't. like they maybe had a sort of connection to each other that they didn't quite understand, but it wasn't the right time for them to explore that intimacy. It wasn't the right time for them to sort of partner up. And we've seen them over the course of the show. Like it was, it was maybe the right person from the beginning, but it took them decades to find the right time, mm -hmm. you know? And it was just that circumstances kept them together. There are these things though, if we look back on it, that they share that like, that Rip is always going to want 
you know, cowboying is always going to come first for him on some level, right? There's a freedom there. And we've talked about that a lot on the show. And there's something about Beth that will forever remain sort of wild. And so those two things sort of match together. And I I was hearing some version of the thing that she said about all she really wants is, you know, a little house with like a little pasture that is like just her own or whatever, that that the big expanse is too much for her. And there was and there's something about the Rip character that feels very much like that is true for him as well. You know, this is a guy who doesn't want to take over the Yellowstone Ranch. There's never been an inkling of that. Like he just wants to serve, if that makes sense. There's a there's a simpleness in both their aspirations. And I think what's interesting, too, is, like, the question that you asked is that, you know how, like, we'll be on set sometimes and, like, these kind of these hectic weeks or a month of just hectic. And we're like, you know what we're going to do when we wrap? We're going to go to an island for three weeks. We're going to turn off our phones and we're just going to be present. And then the moment we wrap, we're like, what show do we get on? What do we do? We got to work. So there's always a part of me that I I, I wonder, like can Beth actually just do a small house and, you know, with a little pasture can rip, you know, just wake up at 9am, you know, pour a coffee and just sit on the porch. Like, can you do that? Or is it just kind of a fun thing to talk about? I think that's fascinating. I think you're so right. I think rip could do it. I don't think Beth could do it. When Beth Mm. said that on the show, I was like, I believe that Beth feels that way right now, Mm. but I think she would be, itching she would be itching to get back in the boardroom to get mm. back on a plane i think mm. she would be itching to get back in the action i want to throw 100%. like i i think you guys are right but i just want to like play devil's advocate here a little bit and just because this is a character as well who um has like cannot shake the grief and rage that she feels over being robbed of being a mother right mm. and I'm wondering if she like was able to have kids, you know, if if actually like the raising of that child and pouring all of that energy into that would be the thing that would sort of ground her and and because so many mm. some of Beth's impulses to like get out there and do things and whatnot it doesn't feel just like it comes from drive it feels sometimes like it comes mm. from deep, a deeply unsettled place, you know, from her mother passing, from the loss of her ability to have kids. You know, there's a mm. version of Beth that I see like with a more less traumatizing childhood where it's like, yeah, it almost, I could see a version of her that feels a little bit more like Helen Mirren's character in 23, mm. you know, which is still wild and filled with independence and adventure, but also more rooted in, in, in a life like that. Yeah. That's a fascinating point. And also, you know, that, that beast in her, that tornado in her simmering underneath the surface, should it be <laughs> called upon? Because as we see in 1923, uh, you know, she's got a she's got that dog in her too. When the time comes, <laughs> when it needs to uh, to wake up and and bark and bite a little. Um, you guys, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, 
we're going to talk more about our favorite relationships in the Yellowstone universe and maybe some of our relationships in our own personal lives. <gasps> Whoa! We'll be right back. You know, another relationship that I'm watching like a hawk develop because I'm really enjoying 1923 is Spencer and Alexandra. That's a fascinating oh my God. one. They found each other in the middle of nowhere. That might be a true star-crossed lovers situation because they found themselves sort of, they found each other kind of against all odds, like on safari. She was engaged to be married. He was uh, chasing this death drive, like sort of trying to get himself run over by a rhinoceros. Um, it's amazing that they found each other and in each other they find this kind of redemption. I think that's a bit of a Beth and Rip situation too. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind of connection and a different sort of, they're at a different chapter in their lives. But I, I really think that's an amazing sort of star-crossed lovers relationship. I feel like Taylor's writing about that relationship that maybe we haven't seen yet in the sense of when you know, you know. Mm. I mean, there was nothing about Spencer that was even looking for a relationship or or wanting one. And it and and it's it's that story of when when that thing walks into your life, no matter how much you don't want it, that's it. You just know. And that's what it feels like. He was really looking for the opposite. You yeah. know, if love is life, it really seemed right. like he was chasing his own death. And, you know, his life, a life, a different life, a different path walked in. Oh, and now he's, oh, he's down a completely different path. Oh, Spencer, I know. Spencer, just walk we spend a, a lot of time. Path. We spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about the big man, Spencer Dutton. He, he, he's, uh, he's an icon. He, yeah, he, he's an icon because of the way he's written and he's an icon because of the way he's portrayed. Um, between season four and season five, your life changed a lot. Do you want to talk a little bit about where you live now and how your life looks different than it did before? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was living in Orange County and now I live in Botswana, which is in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, which is where I'm doing this podcast. So clearly that means that there's internet. And as you guys can see, the letters, electricity, and, you know, wow, what a surprise. Uh, it's funny when people are like, ah, wow, running water. It's like, yeah, guys, I'm, I'm fine. But, um, you know, it was, it's it was important for me. And I think that, you know, with the world being more interconnected, uh, with, with different opportunities for Zoom, there's planes go everywhere. You know, you can be, I can be in Los Angeles if I needed to within 20 hours, you know? So I think that at a certain point you have to kind of figure out like what you want to do with your life, what you want your life to look like. If you want to have a family, what does that family structure look like? And just kind of just do it. And at the end of the day, like, as we all know, production and being able to do this stuff is such a blessing, but also with that, like at any given moment, things could just change. And then you sit there and you ask yourself, what the hell did I like? What was I doing? Did I get anything done in, in this in the course of this time? Or did I build a life that I always wanted to live? Or did I live a life that everybody else wanted me to live? That's awesome. You guys, I know our, our listeners are going to be disappointed if we don't talk about our on-set relationship stuff and just our dynamic with each are other. Are they going to be? Will they, are, will they, they will be, be They will be. Because I And I, I don't know if we've like, I'm sure we've painted this on the podcast before, but um, they see us on camera having fun, playing poker, do you know, doing yeah. all the things that we do. And 
I feel like we do a lot of that stuff in to varying degrees off camera, whether it's in between takes yeah, or in our free I time. Think that, and- I think that's why we're not talking about it as much because we kind of like do a lot of this stuff that we do on screen, off screen. Like, so I think maybe it's, that's the reason why we're not diving deep down because we, we spend time together. We go out to dinner together. Some of us gym together. We play poker. We, you know, we go to music events, rodeos, like all this stuff, the dynamics that we do on the camera or a lot of the stuff that we do outside of it, the difference is there's just not 600 people, you know, there filming us while we're doing it. Do you guys have any favorite memories from onset or offset hangs from the last four or five years? Or how? I think season one, we went bowling and Wes Bentley got so mad <laughs> because he lost in bowling that he left. <laughs> yeah, he did leave. He, he just left. He did. It was like it was like one of our first big group hangs as a cast, and it's like everybody, all right, we keeping the vibes good. No, no, no. Wes got in his car and fucking left. Well, you know, and you know it's hard in bowling. The thing that sucks in bowling is it's like it's only you. So then, like naturally, as a competitor, I'm like I want everyone to fail. But then when you see the way that somebody's gonna take you, like I really hope they get a strike. Like I really yeah. hope that it goes well for them. And then when it's, it's hard like, to let somebody win in bowling, right. you know, they got to do that by themselves. But like I can't make the ball it not go into the gutter. I don't know. We're all sitting there like just like praying, <laughs> trying to manifest Wes getting a strike. That was so funny. It was, it was like a, a big time. Because Wes is a really good athlete. He's yeah. an amazing He takes everything athlete. very seriously. He's an incredibly pleasant, very smart guy. And we all of us have our days. <laughs> That, where we're a yeah, few bad so... rolls away from, uh, yeah, you know, that's... a few bad gutter balls, but gutter away, balls from away from being. I mean, I think we've had, you know, I think some of the events, you know, that we've been able to go to together. Like, I think one of the things that's exciting, you know, when we took a year off of Yellowstone and then we all kind of came back, um, you know, for a cowboy camp. You know, I think that was nice just to kind of reconnect again. I think sometimes that it's just like, man, we're like we're here, like we're doing it again. Like we didn't know. We didn't know that. We we're going to get the opportunity to come back. And, you know, here we are. So I think it's always just it's exciting when we finally get that opportunity to do so. I wasn't there. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. It was a highlight. Yeah, that's the you just that's the one time I wasn't there. Jen, what do you got? Favorite memories? Oh, my. we have to both be in them. We have to both. Yeah, D and I have to, have I to be in the memory. I, don't think we can, I think for the sake. I know, of the I know, podcast, I know. But honestly, they're going to act as though our they're going to exist at different. Listen, they're going to exist at different times because I think. Honestly, one of them. There was a hike that we took looking for some berries. Jeff, you were there. Denim, you were not there. Denim, you were like home or something. You had left. That sounds but, pretty accurate. Uh, but we went hiking for some berries. Uh, wow. And, and we were looking for the huckleberries that we never find, which I don't even think are that hard to find, but we never find them as a group. There was a, there was a small group of us. And Denim, my favorite like offset stuff with you is always revolved around our obsession with health. Health, so, I knew you were going to say So, you know, that. Like, like the the insane conversations that we have in the aisles of health food stores and also the time that you and Ian let me work out with you guys. Oh, yeah. I forgot. That was sweet. Oh, that was nice. I really enjoyed You guys were really nice about that. You were incredibly sweet about that. 
No, I think, the, but like I say, I think it's important for the audience to know, like, you know, as much as we are acting on, you know, camera that we actually do spend time with one another and that, you know, we are highly impacted by our relationships that we have. Because like Jeff, like you were saying, when you're in that world, uh, you know, in Montana and it's very, because it's so small and because we've been very blessed that the show has gotten so big there's not that many places you can go and you kind of get that opportunity to kind of bond with one another. It's not the same thing as being in New York or LA, Chicago, Florida, where you can kind of just get lost in all of these other things that are going on. And I think that, uh, I think that our relationships on off camera really resonate on camera. I don't think that we're really having to do that much acting. I think we're just in the moment. I think sometimes we're just saying the words we happen to be saying the words in a bunkhouse or saying the words, um, you know, on a horse, but I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing. The relationships that we built on this show. Yeah. D D likes our friendship so much that he moved continents. Yeah. I left. I wanted to make sure that I ran into people. So I got on a flight and left the country. Yeah, exactly. He loved the time we spent together so much that he got as far <laughs> away as, as possible. far away from possible. He said, you said earlier, you were like, you know, I can be in LA within 20 hours. And I was like, bro, isn't it like exactly a 20 hour flight? <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> you mean? Like I can be there in 20 yeah, hours. We are 100%. Like I really have to think about it. I got to really want to. Well, the great thing about being here is like, nobody's just in the neighborhood. Like nobody's just like, oh yeah. Hey, like I was just in Botswana. And I'm like, no, you aren't. Like so, you gotta kind of tell me. Before I'm just coming like through. That. I'm just popping. Through. Yeah, didn't yeah. we all decide? Didn't we all decide we're going to Botswana to hang out at Denim? Since there's there's think, such a yeah, lull all, between every time we, we shoot seasons, we're like, well, might as well just go after to Denim. every season. We've also said that we're gonna go on some magical vacation with all of us, and then we're like, Aww. yeah, we're gonna do that, and then we leave. But you guys, but here's the reality. The good thing is, I'll be here, and so anytime you guys would like to come to Botswana. Uh, I'll be able to host you. We're doing a lot of exciting things, uh, you know, with my my company here. So uh, yeah, so anytime you guys want to come, it would be it would be a blessing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Steve. Um, always an absolute treat. Follow Denim on social media where you can get more uh, more information about all, all the amazing things he's doing. Um, much love, Denim. Thank Thanks, you so Denim. much for being here. Miss you, bud. Bye. Talk to you real Bye. soon. Bye. The official Yellowstone podcast is a production of 101 Studios and Paramount. This episode was produced by Scott Stone. Brandon Getchis is the head of audio for 101 Studios. Steve Razis is the executive vice president of the Paramount Global Podcast Group. Special thanks to Megan Marcus, Jeremy Westfall, Ainsley Rosito, Andrew Sarnow, Jason Reed, and Whitney Baxter from Paramount. And, of course, David Glasser, David Huckin, and Michelle Newman from 101 Studios. Friday and streaming on Paramount Plus. Cal Fire's coming to you! Don't miss TV's hottest show, Fire Country. This is a high-complexity rescue with a low chance of success. Follow the rules, then you shave another day off your sentence. Critics call it explosive and pure entertainment. I'm a fella. I'm not fit to be anything else. You're not an inmate. You're a firefighter. Bring it on. Fire Country. New episode Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and now streaming on Paramount Plus.